Hi, this is Puritans Read, where we read aloud great Puritan works, authors, and biographies. Today, episode 20 of The Life of David Brainerd by Jonathan Edwards. September 26. Rode home to the Forks of Delaware. What reason have I to bless God, who has preserved me in riding more than 420 miles and has kept all my bones that not one of them has been broken? My health, likewise, is greatly recovered. Oh, that I could dedicate my all to God. This is all the return I can make to him. When he began to preach here, he had not more than from 20 to 25 hearers. Their numbers at length increased to 40 or more. And often most belonging to those parts came together to hear him preach. In a letter to Reverend Mr. Pemberton, he says, The effects which the truths of God's word have had upon some of the Indians in this place are somewhat encouraging. A number of them are brought to renounce idolatry and to decline partaking of those feasts which they used to offer in sacrifice to certain supposed unknown powers. And some few among them have, for a considerable time, manifested a serious concern for their soul's eternal welfare and still continue to inquire the way to Zion with such diligence, affection, and becoming solicitude as gives me reason to hope that God, who I trust has begun this work in them, will carry it on until it shall issue in their saving conversion to himself. These not only detest their old idolatrous notions, but strive also to bring their friends off from them. And as they are seeking salvation for their own souls, so they seem desirous, and some of them take pains that others might be excited to do the same. There are also many difficulties that attend the Christianizing of these poor pagans. In the first place, their minds are filled with prejudices against Christianity on account of the vicious lives and unchristian behavior of some that are called Christians. These not only set before them the worst examples, but some of them take pains expressly in words, to dissuade them from becoming Christians, foreseeing that if these should be converted to God, the hope of their unlawful gain would thereby be lost. Again, these poor heathens are extremely attached to the customs, traditions, and fabulous notions of their fathers, and this one seems to be the foundation of all their other notions viz. that it was not the same God made them who made the white people, but another who commanded them to live by hunting, etc., and not to conform to the customs of the white people. Hence, when they are desired to become Christians, they frequently reply that they will live 
as their fathers lived and go to their fathers when they die. And if the miracles of Christ and his apostles be mentioned to prove the truth of Christianity, they also mention sundry miracles which their fathers have told them were anciently wrought among the Indians and which Satan makes them believe were so. They are much attached to idolatry, frequently making feasts, which they eat in honor to some unknown beings who they suppose speak to them in dreams, promising them success in hunting and other affairs in case they will sacrifice to them. They oftentimes also offer their sacrifices to the spirits of the dead, who, they suppose, stand in need of favors from the living, and yet are in such a state as that they can well reward all the offices of kindness that are shown them. And they impute all their calamities to the neglect of these sacrifices. Furthermore, they are much awed by those among themselves who are called powas, who are supposed to have a power of enchanting or poisoning them to death, <coughs> or at least in a very distressing manner. And they apprehended it would be their sad fate to be thus enchanted in case they should become Christians. The manner of their living is likewise a great disadvantage to the design of their being Christianized. They are almost continually roving from place to place, and it is but rare that an opportunity can be had with some of them for their instruction. October 1 was engaged in making preparations for my intended journey to the Susquehanna. Withdrew several times to the woods for secret duties and endeavored to plead for the divine presence to go with me to the poor pagans to whom I was going to preach the gospel. Toward night, rode about four miles and me, Brother Byram, who was come at my desire to be my companion in travel to the Indians. I rejoice to see him, and I trust God made his conversation profitable to me. I saw him, as I thought, more dead to the world, its anxious cares and alluring objects, than I was. And this made me look within myself and gave me a greater sense of my guilt ingratitude and misery. October 2, set out on my journey in company with dear brother Byram and my interpreter and two chief Indians from the Forks of Delaware. Traveled about 25 miles and lodged in one of the last houses on our road, after which there was nothing but a hideous and howling wilderness. October 3. We went on our way into the wilderness and found the most difficult and dangerous traveling by far that any of 
us had seen, we had scarce anything else but lofty mountains, deep valleys, and hideous rocks to make our way through. However, I had some spiritual enjoyment part of the day, and my mind intensely engaged in meditation on a divine subject. Near night, my horse hung one of her legs in the rocks and fell down under me, but through divine goodness I was not hurt. However, she broke her leg, and being in such a hideous place and near 30 miles from any house, I saw nothing that could be done to preserve her life, and so was obliged to kill her and to prosecute my journey on foot. This accident made me admire the divine goodness to me that my bones were not broken and the multitude of them filled with strong pain. Just at dark, we kindled a fire, cut up a few bushes, and made a shelter over our heads to save us from the frost, which was very hard that night. And committing ourselves to God by prayer, we lay down on the ground and slept quietly. The next day, they went forward on their journey and at night took up their lodgings in the woods in like manner. October 5. We reached the Susquehanna River at a place called Opaholhaupong and found there 12 Indian houses. After I had saluted the king in a friendly manner, I told him my business and that my desire was to teach them Christianity. After some consultation, the Indians gathered and I preached to them. And when I had done, I asked if they would hear me again. They replied that they would consider of it and soon after sent me word that they would immediately attend if I would preach, which I did with freedom both times. When I asked them again whether they would hear me further, they replied they would the next day. I was exceeding sensible of the impossibility of doing anything for the poor heathen without special assistance from above, and my soul seemed to rest on God and leave it to him to do as he pleased in that which I saw was his own cause. Indeed, through divine goodness, I had felt somewhat of this frame most of the time while I was traveling thither and in some measure before I set out. October 6, rose early and besought the Lord for help in my great work. Near noon, preached again to the Indians and in the afternoon visited them from house to house and invited them to come and hear me again the next day and put off their hunting design, which they were just entering upon, till Monday. This night, I trust, the Lord stood by me to encourage and strengthen my soul. I spent more than an hour in secret retirement, was enabled to pour out my heart before God for the increase of grace in my soul, for ministerial endowments, for success among the poor Indians, 
for God's ministers and people, for distant, dear friends, etc. Blessed be God. October 8, visited the Indians with a design to take my leave of them, supposing they would this morning go out to hunting early. But beyond my expectation and hope, they desired to hear me preach again. I gladly complied with their request and afterward endeavored to answer their objections against Christianity. October 9, we rose about four in the morning and commending ourselves to God by prayer and asking his special protection, set out on our journey homeward about five and traveled with great steadiness till past six at night and then made us a fire and a shelter of bark and so rested. I had some clear and comfortable thoughts on a divine subject, by the way, toward night. In the night, the wolves howled around us, but God preserved us. The next day, they rose early and at night came to an Irish settlement with which Brainerd was acquainted and lodged there. On the following day, both he and Mr. Byram preached to the people. This concludes episode 20 of Jonathan Edwards, The Life of David Brainerd.